year. Some of you might remember dating. Uh, dating might be so long ago for you that you, you don't have much memory of it. Uh, others are closer to it. Maybe you just got married or maybe you're not even married yet and you're still in the dating game. But uh, many of you know that in the dating world, and, and this can apply to marriage as well, that if your girlfriend calls you or texts you and says, hey, we need to talk, we need to talk, right? You know, in, in, in a dating environment, that's not good. That's not good. That's a bad sign, you know. And, you know, she might text you at lunch because you're going to go out for dinner that night at 7 or 8 and say, hey, we need to talk tonight at dinner. And and then you have a stomachache all the rest of the day, right? If your wife texts you that and says, hey, tonight when you get home from work, we need to talk, right? What do you do? You get your phone out and you think, my God, is it her birthday? Is it our anniversary? Was it the kid's birthday? Was I supposed to take somebody to school? What did I forget to do? Right, because these are terrifying moments. E- either way, if, if a girlfriend does it to you or a boyfriend does it to you, these are terrifying moments. And one of the things in dating that happens is you you get down to this point where maybe you've been dating a while and 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 things are kind of going good, and the girl or the guy will ask you, "Hey, where do you see this going?" Where do you see this going? Years ago in Ground Zero, we did a series called The Fine the Relationship, and it's based off a book called Not a Fan, and I would encourage you, if you're going to read anything this year, to read the book Not a Fan. Uh, it's an incredible Christian book, and in this book, it talks about defining the relationship with God, and in a dating or marriage environment, right, when, when you get asked that question, hey, hey, where do you see this going? Where, how, you know, how serious is this? Right, as a guy, you're terrified. You know, you, you think it's a trick question. I'm going to say something wrong no matter what. Right, but I want us to do that this year with God. I believe that God is asking you, hey, where do you see this going? Hey, how, how serious are you about this? How committed are you in this relationship? As you, as you look back into 2021 and 2020 and, and even beyond that, maybe you've been a Christian a long time or not very long at all. I believe that God is asking you, hey, where do you see this going? And what I want us to do is evaluate our relationship with God. I want you to ask yourself, how is your relationship with God? Is it better than it was? I know that I want my marriage to be better in 2022 than it was in 2021. Right? And, and things might be great in 2021, but I still want it better in 22. I never want to be satisfied with, well, things are good. Things are good. Right? We're, we're okay. I know everybody just wants marriage to be okay. Right? But I know wherever you're coming from, you want that next level, and I believe we should want that next level with God. So how is your relationship with God? Obviously, first and foremost, the most important thing you do is get saved. You get saved. Romans 10.9 says that if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, most religions on the earth will agree that Jesus was a great man, that Jesus was born, that Jesus lived, and that Jesus died. Okay, you cannot argue the existence of Jesus as a man. It is historically proven outside of the Bible that he was a man and lived. And everybody will agree that he was a great prophet, a great teacher, a great man, that he had a lot of great ideas. But where it comes down to the cutting, if you will, is it comes down to was he the son of God? 
Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? That's why they put him on a cross is because he said he was. And the second thing is, is do you believe that he raised from the dead? You could ask any Muslim, what do you think about Jesus? He's a great man, great prophet, had a lot of great teachings. Was he the Son of God? Lord, no, he wasn't. Did he raise from the dead? No, he did not. That's the difference in us and every other religion. I believe that he was the Son of God and that he raised from the dead. What does Romans 10, 9 say? It says, if you declare, another translation says, if you confess with your mouth, if you speak it out that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, you believe that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Right? You need to settle right now today that I'm right with God, that I believe this that I have declared, I have confessed that Jesus is Lord, and I believe that he raised from the dead and he is the Son of God. You have to decide that in your heart, and then you become saved. Christ lives and dwells on the inside of you. Right. So one of the things we're doing is, is how is our relationship with God? I want to read you Romans 3, 22. It says, we're made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. You're made right with God by placing your faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who they are. So anyone who believes in Jesus Christ can be saved, doesn't matter who they are. There's no uh, exemptions or anything like that. And it says, we're made right with God. You're righteous. All righteous means is in right standing. Okay, if I'm in right standing with someone, that means I'm not mad at them and they're not mad at me. We're in right standing. Okay, this verse right here says that we are made right with God. I'm righteous by placing my faith in Jesus Christ. So we're talking about what are we doing in 2022, and we're talking about how's my relationship with God. This is so important that you understand this. One of the most important things you'll ever understand is the gospel. The gospel means good news. That's where that word derives from is good news or glad tidings. Kind of makes you think of Christmas, glad tidings. What is, what, is, what is the good news of the gospel? Here's the gospel. Adam and Eve sinned. Sin came over all of the earth. You were affected by sin against your will. It was not something you decided to do or to take on. Right? You don't teach your kids to steal, lie, cheat, punch, scratch, take, want. It's all in them. It's all over there. You've got to teach them all the good stuff. Hey, you don't hit when you're mad. Everything you see is not yours. Right? Don't want what they have just because they have it. Right, you have to teach them these things, right, to be good. All the other stuff, you were affected by sin against your will. Okay, Jesus came to the earth. We're talking about the gospel, the good news. Jesus came to the earth, born of a virgin, grew up, died on a cross, and raised from the dead. Why? To save you. The Bible says he went to heaven and he poured his blood out over the mercy seat, which did what? Made us right with God. Here's the amazing thing about righteousness is you don't earn it, you don't deserve it, you don't pray to get more of it, you don't read your Bible to get more of it, you don't attend more church to get more of it, right? You don't go to some special service to get more of it. You are in right standing with God because of Jesus Christ and nothing else. I do all the other stuff because I'm so pumped that I'm in right standing with God because of Jesus, that I want to live right, do what's right, serve God, not give into the world. Why? Because of the sacrifice of Jesus. I remember that, and that pushes me forward in my, in my faith and in my walk with God, right? So I'm in right standing with God. you got to settle this this year. 
settle that this year. If you have not confessed and believed, do that today. It's very simple. He says, Jesus, I need you. I believe you're the son of God. I believe you rose from the dead, and I need you come into my life, and you'll be saved. At Men's Retreat, uh, our theme this year was rooted. Uh, and we, we were at Men's Retreat back in uh, the 1st of October, and uh, we talked about being rooted in Christ. And that was out of Colossians 2, 6 through 7. It says, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, as you got saved, continue to live your lives in him. Continue to live your life in Jesus. Verse 7, it says, rooted and built up in him. Rooted and built up in him. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught. You're being taught every week right here. Right? When you read your Bible, you're being taught. When you listen to worship music, you're being taught. And it says, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Now, to all my men that were at Men's Retreat, everybody that attended Men's Retreat this last year in October, I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you, how are your roots? How are your roots? What are you rooted in? Think about it in your own life. What are you rooted in? What do you dig your roots down into? Now, roots have a tendency to drift. You say, what do I mean by that? Roots will look for the path of least resistance to water, especially in our, in our area. You know, roots are looking for water. Roots will dig down deep looking for water. And what happens is, uh, you, you know this is true, if you've ever dealt with sewage problems or plumbing problems, right? Our sewage line at our house comes right out of our house down to the alley, and there's two trees on either side of that sewage line. So what do those roots do? Those roots find that moisture from that pipe, and they dig through that pipe to get into it to find water. They don't know that that's nasty, disgusting water that you don't want to be drinking. Right? They're, they're roots. They don't care. They're looking for the path of least resistance. Roots drift. And they will get into that pipe, and they will grow down that pipe. And then you know you have big problems with your pipe. Right? It gets clogged up. It gets backed up. you got to have the plumbers come out right? uh, all, all the time because you have issues because roots drift looking for water. What are you rooted in? What have your roots taken the path of least resistance and drifted into? I want you to think about how's your relationship with God? How's your relationship? What are you rooted in? Is your faith in Jesus? Right? So many times we give in to gossip. We give in to complaining. We would much rather spend two hours complaining and debating our problems than spending two minutes praying about our problems because our roots drift, and we get away from that, and we don't live like that. You're right with God because of Jesus Christ, so where are your roots? I want you to evaluate your relationship with God. Evaluate it. Take time this month. Take time this year to sit down and pray and ask God, God, how, how are we doing? How are we? God's asking you, where is this going? Sit down and pray. And just as our word for the year is, is be still. Be still. Be quiet. Listen. Give God time to speak. Give God time to say something to you. Don't say, hey, God, uh, you think we're doing all right? Okay, good. I got to go to work. Right? Give God some time. Maybe in the car. Maybe on a drive. Maybe uh, in, in the shower when you have a little few minutes be quiet and listen. I'll tell you uh, how to know you hear God every time. If you pray, you get real quiet, and about a minute, two minutes in, you think, oh, oh, that was just me. I just thought that. That was God. That was God. 
God speaking to you. And the devil comes immediately to tell you, oh, that wasn't God. That wasn't God. That was you. You're thinking things. You're crazy. You're nuts. That was you. No, that was God. Okay, so one is I'm going to evaluate my relationship with God. I'm going to make sure that I'm right with God, that I'm saved, that I believe Jesus is the Son of God and raised from the dead. The second thing is, is, is I want us to be humble and hungry. Now, back in the summer, uh, Megan and I were praying over Ground Zero, and we were praying for a theme for a word over Ground Zero, and we came up with humble and hungry. I believe being humble and hungry are two of the greatest things that you can ever have in your life. Two of the greatest attributes you can have in life is to be humble and hungry. Everybody's been around someone who's prideful, who's arrogant, who's a know-it-all, and nobody likes that person. Nobody, nobody's like, man, they're a know-it-all. I mean, don't you just have fun hanging out with them? That is a blast, right? No one, right? And, and if you are in a certain line of profession, you do something, we'll say that you're a mechanic. If you're a mechanic and a guy walks in and he says, oh, oh man, you're, you're, doing, you're putting that seal on? with? Oh, did you pre-do this? Did you do that? Yeah, I, you don't know what you're doing. You know, we could have a bathroom redone, and I could bring 10 contractors in and say, hey, I want you to remodel this bathroom. Contractor one would remodel, and I'd bring contractor two in. He'd say, my God, who did this? They don't know what they're doing. Then I'd bring contractor three in. He'd say, my God, who did this? They don't know what they're doing. I'd bring contractor four in. They'd say, my God, who did this? Why? Because we have no humility, right? We're full of pride. We're full of arrogance. We think that we've got it under control. I can do it. I want to show you some verses out of the book of James. This is James 4, 6 through 8. It says that God gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. If you're full of pride, God resists you. Uh, it's been taught that God puts you at arm's length. That's bad enough that, you know, if you were trying to get up on stage and I were to resist you, I were to push you to keep you away. And other people have, have broken that word down that it means to even bring an army between you and God. That when you live your life in pride, Right, that God resists you. And what is that? All that is is, God, I got this. I can do this on my own. Right? And then what we do is we do that in different parts of our life. Hey, God, help me in my marriage, but I've got work under control. I got that. I know what I'm doing over there. But God, help me with my kids. Right? Help me with my 14-year-old my, my daughter. I don't know how to do that. But, but this other stuff, man, I got that under control. See, God doesn't want that. God wants all of it. God wants every bit of it. God, I need you. Right? God gives grace to the humble. So verse 7 says, so humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Verse 8, come close to God, and God will come close to you. You draw close to God, and God draws close to you. That's why you go to men's retreat. That's why you're in church. That's why you get your students to youth camp. Because what is that? That's me drawing close to God. And then God Draws close to me and it says, wash your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. I've, I've heard this verse preached a million times, and guys will preach, come close to God, and God will come close to you, and then they kind of forget that last part. They're like, oh, that's, that sounds kind of bad. Wash your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. That goes back to evaluating your relationship with God. Right? It's my loyalty divided between God and the world. We've taught in youth ministry for decades. Before I was born, they were teaching that you have one foot in the world and one foot in the church. Right? I want to be over here on Friday, but then I'll teeter over here on Sunday, but back over here on Monday. And what do they call it? They call it riding the fence. You know what happens when you ride a fence? You get splinters. Right, I'm going to evaluate my relationship with God. Where are my loyalties? It says, uh, wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. What is this about? Repenting. See, this is what worship is all about. 
You come into this place and we sing songs. Why? God, hey, hey, God, how are we doing? How's my loyalty? God, reveal to me if I'm divided between you and the world. Do I have one foot in the world, God? And they says, hey, I'm going to purify my heart. I'm going to wash my hands. Sinner. Hey, God, I, I, I'm sorry that I've given in to fear this week, this year, this last two years. God, I'm sorry I've worried. I'm sorry I've gossiped. I'm sorry that, that I haven't prayed as much. God, I repent. What does repent mean? Repent is a military term that means to go the other way. You can imagine men in the military marching, and the general would say, repent, and they would turn and go the other way. What that means? Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm griping. I'm complaining. I'm, I'm full of fear, anxiety, worry. I repent of that, and I say, hey, God, I trust you. I'm going to be still and trust you and know that you're God, know that you're fighting for me. I'm going to exalt you and magnify you because you are God. Right, because I believe you and I trust you and I know that you love me. Right, come close to God, God will come close to you. Repent. Make sure, hey God, where's my loyalties? Then verse 10 says, humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. Another translation says to humble yourself before the Lord and he will raise you up at the right time. He will raise you up at the right time. First Peter 1.15, we're talking about being humble and hungry. It says, Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. Worship Christ as Lord of your life. 1 Peter 1.15. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Always be ready to explain it. What does that mean? That means, first of all, I'm supposed to have this hope. It says right here that if, if someone asks about your hope, See, I'm supposed to be hopeful about the gospel. I'm supposed to realize every morning when I wake up that I'm a sinner, right, that I'm covered in sin, and God has rescued and redeemed me through his son, Jesus, who's bought me back with his blood. Now I'm right with God. I'm set free. I'm a son of God, a child of God, an heir to the kingdom. And because of that, I'm so excited and so pumped that people notice it. And people say, man, how, how, man don't, don't you remember 2020 and 2021? How do, how do you have this faith? How do you have this hope? What are you so excited about? And it says, be ready to explain it. Be ready to share the gospel with others. I'm going to be humble and I'm going to be hungry. One of the quickest ways to kill sharing your story or the gospel is to be like, you know what? You've got a lot of problems. You're really screwed up. I know what you were doing Friday. I saw your Instagram I, I saw that in the background of that picture on that table in the far right corner. I know what that was. Right? I know what you've been doing, and you better get right with God or you're going to hell. Right? And what do you do? You turn people off. You're like, my God, I got kids. I got to figure out what we're having for lunch. I ain't got time for this. Right? And so, so don't do that. Be humble. Be humble. Be hungry to share the gospel. Be hungry to tell people about Jesus. Be hungry to invite people to church. Be hungry for it. Here's a great thing is when you share the gospel to a friend, you start telling about Jesus, they're going to ask questions. They're going to say, well, what about this? And you're going to say, uh, I don't know. Or what about this? Uh, I don't know. When you share the gospel, you find out how much you don't know. And then what do you do? You go home, man. You get your Bible out. You start reading. You get on Google. You start Googling it. You call pastor and say, man, some crazy person asked me this. What does this mean? And you grow as a Christian. And then you go back to that person, and they're going to ask some more questions you don't know. And you're going to go back and find out more and dig more and do more. Because we're humble and we're hungry. The last thing is, is put God first. Put God first. I'm going to evaluate my relationship with God. I'm going to see, hey, God, where are we at? How are we doing? I'm going to stay humble, and I'm going to, say, I'm going to humble myself before God. Right? That's what worship is. Worship is the physical act of humility. 
When you sing and lift your hands, it is a physical act of humbling yourself before God. Right? Because what's the greatest fear? Is that somebody across the room is going to be looking at you. You know, when you're worshiping, you make eye contact. Like guys, when you're in the bathroom at the urinals and the guy next to you is looking, it's like, bro, we don't make eye contact, right? You look at the wall, right? We don't do that, right? That's the greatest fear. Somebody's going to say, why, 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 why were you worshiping? Right? Right? Why? Right? But I'm going to humble myself before God. It's like, hey, because I'm humble and hungry. I want more of this. And so I'm going to put God first. Matthew 6.33 says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. We do that through Jesus Christ, and he will give you everything you need. Now, in this verse, people are saying, hey, what about what we're going to eat? What about what we're going to wear? What about what we're going to drink? Man, I, I got I to get to work. I got to make money. I got to make my house payment. And he says, hey, seek God first. Seek the kingdom first and live righteously, and God will give you everything you need. Put God first this year. I want to show you Psalms 34, 1 through 3 out of the English Standard. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Right? My soul boasts in the Lord. I'm going to worship God at all times. Verse 30 says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Let us exalt and magnify the Lord. What does exalt mean? Exalt means to put to the highest of highs, to bring to the highest point in your life. Going back to worship, man, y'all didn't know so much stuff happened during worship. Y'all are just standing there staring at the lights and thinking about lunch and sipping on your smoothie and, 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 and a lot, you're supposed to be doing a lot and you ain't got much time to get it done, right? And so I'm gonna exalt, hey God, I'm gonna put you at the highest point. Whatever's piled up this week, we're gonna kick that down and we're gonna put God on top of it. Jesus, I exalt you to the highest of highs. I want you at the top of my life, right? My marriage is very important, but God's above it. Right? My kids are important, but God's above it. My job's important, but God's above it. And here's the amazing thing about it. If I put God first, I'm going to be a good husband. If I put God first, I'm going to be a good dad. I'm going to be a good employee. I'm going to be a good employer. Why? Because I'm seeking God first. I'm going to love God, and I'm going to love people. I'm exalting God in my life, and I'm giving him every area. And then magnify means to make bigger. Right? Make bigger. You use a magnifying glass to magnify things. You can't actually make God bigger. Right? You can't say, I'm going to grow God. But what you do, you make God bigger in your situation. You come in and you worship and you say, God, i got some big, big problems, but I know you're bigger. I know you care about me. I know you love me. I know you're here for me. I know you're fighting for me. I'm going to exalt God and I'm going to magnify God and make him bigger in my situation. The last thing that I want us to do is I want you to pray more in 2022. I want you to pray more. As you evaluate your relationship with God, think about, hey, how much Bible did I read last year? Maybe you read the verse of the day every single day on the YouVersion Bible app, right? Maybe your, your street number on there says 365 because you never missed a day. And it's like, hey, God, I, I want more this year. I want more in 2022. I want more of you. I'm going to pray more. Psalm 66, 19 through 20 says, but God did listen. He paid attention to my prayer. God heard you and he paid attention. Praise God who did not ignore my prayer or withdraw his unfailing love from me. Here's what I want to encourage you. Just pray more this year. Talk to God. Let's say you've never prayed before in your life, right? You haven't prayed at all. Talk to God like you would a friend. An easy way to start praying is tell God about your issues. Hey, God, I'm worried about this. God, I'm struggling here. God, I'm not doing good here. Then always, always, always take time to listen. Take time to listen. Wherever you're at in your prayer life, maybe you're a prayer warrior. Maybe you kick butt. You, you tear up the devil. Demons run and flee when you walk into Walmart because you're so, you're so wicked awesome, right? Uh, and maybe say, God, well, hey, what's the next level? 
What's the next level? I want the next thing, God, that you have for us. Uh, we got a little bit of time left, and what we're going to do is we're going to do our, our 2022 uh, cards. Uh, Arthur, they're, or they're up here on the front row with Pastor. Uh, Arthur, you can grab some. Tomas is going to grab some. Stephen, would you help? Mitch, would you mind helping too? Let's just pass these out to everybody. If you got a pen, you can go ahead and get your pen out and get started. I do have pens in the back on the sound booth. Um, we can grab those if you need a pen as well. You can let us know. What we're going to do on the blue side is write down what you're thankful for that God did in 2021. Last year, hey, I'm thankful that God, you know, maybe it was health, finances, family. Maybe you got to see family. God, I'm thankful for that. Man, I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus. I'm thankful that I'm saved, right? Write some things down that you're thankful for. And then uh, the other side is what you're expecting from God in 2022, what you want God to do this year. Uh, a, a few things. Don't, don't necessarily treat it like a wish list. It's, it's not, we're not mailing this to Santa later. Uh, it's not necessarily a wish list. It's what I want God to do in my life. And that can be a lot of things. Maybe, hey, God, I want to draw closer to you. I, I want a deeper relationship with you. Uh, maybe there is more physical needs that you have. God, we need another car. I need a better job. I need to raise at my job. Uh, God, I want you to strengthen our marriage. Make me a better parent. Uh, we, maybe, uh, God, we need a bigger house. I, we need, you know, breakthrough in a house this year. And so just take some time to work on both sides of those uh, with a little bit of time that we have left. If you're uh, still writing, uh, go ahead. You don't have to stop for me. Uh, just keep working. Um, obviously, you can take it home, work on it at home. Uh, you can add to it. Uh, you know, I'll add to mine all throughout the year. Uh, and you might need more paper than that. You might need a lot more from God than that little space requires. And so, you know, feel free to go home and get your piece of paper and uh, write down a little more. And I encourage you, you know, to work on your thankful side uh, as well. Uh, Nehemiah in the Old Testament was sent back to Jerusalem, and they were going to rebuild the wall around Jerusalem. And uh, he gathered people. They were excited. They were pumped. They were ready to go to rebuild this and, and fulfill what God has called them to do. And uh, things got hard. Uh, when they worked, they had to have a sword in one hand, and they worked with the other hand because they would be attacked so much. And they got discouraged, and they started giving up, and they started not caring. And so Nehemiah met with them about 30 days in and reminded them of the vision. He reminded them of what God had called them to do. And I want to encourage you to do the same thing with this. Uh, as you go throughout your year, remind yourself of what's on your card. Remind yourself of what you were expecting from God. Uh, remind yourself of what you were thankful for, of what God did. Turn this into a prayer. Sit down and pray through your card. God, I believe that these things are coming to pass, right? That, that these things are going to happen in my life. God, I'm so thankful for what you did in 2021. I'm so thankful for what you're doing and continuing to doing this year. And so don't lose it. Don't let it slip into the couch and disappear and you find it 10 years later when you're moving your couch to the dump. Hang on to it. Read it. Use it. Use it as a part of your devotionals. Our theme verse is on the bottom uh, of, of the orange side. And so you can read that as well and uh, hang on to that.